Fix the Convince. Welcome to the Fix the Convince podcast. Here's your host, New Spark founder, Paul Mosenson. Welcome to the podcast. This is Paul Mosenson, and marketing optimization is our topics. And today we're going to talk about messaging and the foundation of what your message is. Because at the end of the day, no matter what you do in lead generation, it's still about the compelling message that attracts people to click, to close, to convert, all those activities. It's the message. And we have one of the leading message advocates, I guess, out there in um, the world of marketing, Zach Messler. Good morning. Howdy, Paul. How goes it? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Shortly. In summary. No, just kidding. All right. So who is Zach? So this is um, the copy that I have. Um, you know, he says, some of the greatest things to ever happen. Well, Zach Messler wants to change that. He's a messaging and positioning advisor with a knack for what to say and how to say it. Zach believes some of the greatest things to never happen should. And it's the power of messaging that makes all the difference. Wow. That's great. True. It's true. I, I, what you say and how you say it might be the most important thing in business. What you say and how you say it. And is it believable? And that's for sure. Where do people find you, by the way? ZachMessler.com, right? Yeah, ZachMessler.com. I'm uh, prolific, if I do say so myself, on LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm there all the time. And it's Zach with an H, Z-A-C-H, ZachMessler.com. Right, right. Great, great. So here's let's start our conversation. So how did you get to where you are today in the, as this message guru? Um, and that is serving like a being like a product marketing advisor to founders of growing tech companies and their teams. Yeah, sure. So I spent 20 years in product marketing for enterprise tech. So product marketing to me, uh, it's connecting the core of your offer, your product, your service, even an idea to the core values of your audience, their wants, their needs, their desires through all the different channels, right? So for me, the thing that I loved most of all when I was in the corporate world was messaging and positioning, what to say and how to say it. So positioning is how you show up or how you want to show up in the minds of your buyers. And messaging is, is what you say, messaging and copy, what you say and, and how you say it to connect with that buying audience, connect the core of your offer to what your audience cares about most. So I started out in, um, in startups, uh, well, actually I started out in GE if we're going way, way back as a trade show guy and eventually got into product marketing, but I cut my teeth in startups and then worked for the companies that eventually acquired them. And the last stop of, of uh, my trip, I, uh, I got to this point where I, I, was, um, I was being told to do a whole bunch of stuff, just tactics and things that I knew weren't right. And when they didn't work out, I would get yelled at. And it was kind of crazy. I wasn't used to that. And I was ready to quit. And instead, one night I woke up and I wrote a piece. I posted it on, on LinkedIn. And I, I woke up in a cold sweat. I wrote this thing. It was called The Key to the Universe. And I, 
I wrote how the key to the universe is simple, but it's not so easy. It's just two things. It's do the right thing. And then don't be afraid of the repercussions. Don't be afraid of what happens because you do the right thing. And I started applying that in my work and all the yelling kind of went away. The things I was doing, things started to explode in a good way. I built these incredible relationships with our sales team at this company, uh, helped take the company public. And it was awesome. It was awesome. And so shortly after we, we went public, I just decided, you know what? I have this, this nice little nest egg now. I've always wanted to kind of try my own thing. I can help a whole lot more people if I go out on my own. And so that's what I did. I jumped. Yeah. You have the credentials and the ability. It's great. You know, it's funny. Um, you talk about just a little sidebar here, product marketing. Now, when you read LinkedIn and other profiles, you know, over the years, you see growth marketers, you see, you know, used to be head of demand generation and all these other, you know, titles and things as product marketing an older and newer term now. Like, well, I mean, I, it's both. That? So it's both. And there's been a lot of confusion around product marketing for a really long time. Um, and I remember in back in the day, it, de it would depend on the company where you worked, what product marketing meant would depend on the company. So for example, I worked for one company that ended up being bought by Philips, Philips Healthcare, you know, massive, massive, massive company. Product marketing at Philips was really product management. You know, it was, okay, what are the features we're going to roll out? How are we going to build those? Um, how are we going to, to, to uh, take this to market? Uh, but from a product-oriented place, not from an audience-oriented place. Product yeah. marketing to me, as I, you know, as I kind of jumped the gun, I guess, started explaining product marketing before, product marketing is kind of a misnomer these days. It really could be called audience marketing because the way that all of this stuff works best is if your focus is as much or more on your target audience as it is on your product. If you go to market with a message starting off, that's all about you, you're not going to connect. You're only good. I, I like to say that when you do that, when you start your, your message off about your product, with a, you know, you start off talking about your product, you're missing out on a massive piece of your potential market share because you're only going to attract those people who are already looking for exactly what you're talking about. Conversely, if you focus on your audience, if you understand your audience, if you become your audience, if you interact and engage, you know how your audience thinks, you know how they speak, you know how they live, you know all of these things. It's so much more, it's so much easier to articulate things in a way that they're going to be attracted to. They're going to want to learn more. It's, it's, in product marketing terms, that's looking at buyer journey, right? So it's looking at, yeah. at the process by which people buy. But it hasn't changed. I mean, it's just a matter of just almost like reiterating it and getting it down people's throats. Because I know, like, even for me, it's so much easy to talk about what we do, but we're actually selling outcomes in a way, no matter how you do it. Now, there is always. A, I remember Zig Ziglar once said, I remember the quote, it was, we're not selling 
um, drill bits for selling holes, right? Oh, and see, and these days, <laughs> I, oh man, I could I could talk ad nauseum on this stuff. So, and and even that, that's old thinking now because no, we're we're not selling drill bits. We're not we're not selling we're not selling drill we're not selling the drill we're not selling the bit we're not selling the hole. The hole is not the outcome. It's not going deep enough. No. It's, it's we're selling we're selling what? Why is the hole there? Well, you know what? I have a, a giant bookcase that my three-year-old likes to climb up because he knows that I hide Hershey bars at the top behind the picture. So why do I have the hole there? I have the hole there so that my the, the my bookcase doesn't fall on my kid. No, so yeah. it's safety. Right. So I it's safety. Right. 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 But that would be a particular use case in a particular audience. But it's understanding then why is your audience, why do they want that hole in the wall? Why do they well, want it? That's and then the feelings of the the outcome, right? So if I I am know that my bookcase is secure, I'm confident my kid is not going to get hurt. I, I feel good because I know I'm a good parent because I'm not hurting my kid. Um, and I, uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. But you're actually creating a conversation here, right? And I'll challenge you a little bit because, no, I understand it. Like even for me, when I say, hey, I'm a lead generation expert, but, I, but you can say I sell growth and revenue, right? How do you put those things together? That's really the point. You know, if I do this, you get this. So every eye becomes a you, right? It's like a, a matrix. True. Little, and, right? and the way that I, the way that I advise my clients is to even stay away from the I or we and you, because when you use the first person in that way and second person that, that way, you, you inadvertently set up an adversarial sale. It's me versus you. And ideally what we want to do is we want to understand what's this battle. It's a little dramatic, but what's this barrier, this, this pain, the problem, the, the battle that our audience is facing. And that is what we, all of us, you, my prospect and me, the, the vendor, the expert, the what have you, we're fighting against this thing together. When you are able to articulate, and you don't say it exactly like that, but when you embrace the collective we, it just, I've seen it. It, it speeds sales cycles. It makes it so much easier because what you're doing is you're building that trust up so much more quickly. Now we're getting rid of that friction that comes with it, that age old, oh, I'm just being sold something here. We're getting rid of that friction because we're on the same side. We're fighting against the same thing. I'm so glad you said that because actually currently my own marketing videos, we talk about togetherness, team building, collaboration, right? And, uh, and that really tells you that you're really, you know, engaged with the company's growth and things like that. For sure. So. I mean, even on sales calls, when I'm on my own sales calls, I will say our talking about that prospect's business talking about our efforts together. Um, if we do this, meaning us together, then we're going to achieve this together. And it, it works. It works. Now you have to mean it. 
right? You can't, you can't just use it as some, some sneaky tactic. You have to mean it. Uh, sure. People are buyers today are, are so much more, they're just smarter. They're more, they're, they have more street smarts. Uh, they don't trust like they used to. So you, you got to be real with it. But if you mean it, I mean, that it works. It absolutely works. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you know, I agree that too many companies are um, messaging themselves incorrectly. And just because it's so much easier to write about themselves. What else have you noticed about um, what's coming on today and what you've noticed? Well, it, you're right. It's easier to write about uh, yourself. I mean, in, you know, I work largely, not exclusively, but largely in tech and B2B tech. And, you know, what I see is it's marketers, sales pros, even founders, CEOs getting transfixed by their own tech. You get transfixed by your own cool stuff. And especially in tech, you know, if you're an innovative company and most companies in, in tech are pretty innovative, they're doing cool stuff. It's easy to get transfixed by it. Wow, this is amazing. But the problem with that is you're not selling to you. And, you know, it's, it's like, I say this a lot too, it's meeting your audience where they are. If I'm, if I'm a pro surfer and I'm out, you know, 50 yards out and getting this monster waves and you're, you're just sitting at the, the shoreline with a surfboard and you've never done this before, I'm not going to say, hey, come on out. This is great out here. It's amazing. I have to come to you. I have to help you where you are. I can't just take you out 50 yards out and, and now we're going to catch some monster wave. It's not going to happen. I have to start you out and meet you where you are. It's the, it's the same thing. You know, I've been uh, um, at this period, May, 2022, you know, last couple months been reviewing a ton of like tech email programs, right? Yeah. A lot of them all look the same, right? I mean, I'm not going to name off too many of them, but you know, I guess that's a challenge. They come up with this tech ideas and the challenge is to, okay, you do this. These guys do this. These guys do this. You know, how do you, do, you know, you got to determine differentiation. Um, is it price? Is it a feature? Oh, we scrape emails or we have a relationship with, um, you know, a direct marketer can, or something and we can do postcards as part of our sequel. You know, these are like little things that I'm sure companies sit back and say, well, how can we differentiate ourselves? But well, at the end of the day, though, the differentiation has to appeal to the audience's needs. For sure it does. For sure it does. I mean, it's, you know, it, in, in tech, you see it a lot where uh, companies, founders, CEOs, they believe they have a truly differentiated feature or a truly differentiating technology. I mean, I've seen this again and again, where the, the prevailing thought inside the organization is, wow, this thing's amazing. Nobody does what we do. And as an outsider, you come in and it's like, well, I've seen this before. In fact, I marketed this sort of thing back in 2015. So it's like, it may not be something, it may be something new for your industry, but it's not something new. And when you focus in on tech, unless you have patents, when you focus in on tech, anyone can do what you do in a matter of months, if not weeks. It's, it's not hard these days for, for companies with smart people to just replicate certain features. It's not that hard. So a good way 
uh, to differentiate in the market is by what you say and how you say it. It's another reason why I say messaging, positioning and messaging may be the most important things in business. What you say and how you say it may be the most important thing in business. It's great that you say that. You know, I actually tell people sometimes that are lookalike platforms is maybe it's not how you're different, but how you communicate the sameness. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Well, think about it, right? And it goes back to the one of the first questions you asked me about product marketing, right? Product marketing, when I said it could be called audience marketing. How well do you know, how well do you engage with your audience to the point where you understand the nuances in their language, you understand how they think, you understand what they love, what they hate, what what are the pop culture type things that they gravitate towards or not. If you speak in a way that is attractive to your target audience, you're going to build up that trust more quickly. And now it doesn't matter what you're selling because all of a sudden you're one of us. We belong together. That's where messaging can really stand out and become a differentiator, especially in a market that's really more commodity than people want to admit. Yeah, for sure. What other tricks do you have to ensure, um, that a company's needs and the benefits outweigh the features like what other tricks do you have? Oh, sure. Sure. So, so the first thing, and, and I talk about this a lot too. uh, The first thing is to recognize that your opinion, though interesting is completely irrelevant. It's not about you, the, the, founder, the marketer, the CMO, the the chief revenue officer, even the sales guy, the marketing manager, whatever. It's not about you. It's about the audience. And so it's three words I like to use. Flip the message. It's not about you. It's about the audience. When When you look at the world from your audience's perspective and recognize where they are, on that path to purchase, you can change up that conversation, change up the message to apply to exactly where they are at whatever point they are to on that path to purchase. And it's so important, flip the message. It's not about you, but it is. And that's the thing. That's the thing that's so hard. You know, I'll say it's the first rule of product messaging. I like, I like, uh, I like a lot of nineties, eighties and nineties, uh, pop culture type stuff. This is from Fight Club, right? The first rule of Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. Well, the first rule of product messaging is we don't talk about the product. And it's tough for people to get. You do talk about the product, but you do it in ways that it doesn't seem like you're talking about the product. Maybe you're talking about the, the challenges that your product addresses. Maybe you're talking about the feelings that your audience feels when they're dealing with these challenges. Or maybe you're talking about what they could be feeling if only they could overcome it. It's still about your product, but it's not. Let me challenge you for a second on that, though. Only because I'll put a little case study here. I always tell people your goal at the first level here, no matter what you do with messaging and the channels and everything is um, get on the short list and don't sure. think, and don't think you're the only one someone's going to click. Right. So 
let's just say your goal was to, okay, identify three of the best companies you think can help with our solution, right? Or our problem. And then let's just say all three of them go for the, you know, the benefit, you know, that what we preach, right? At the end of the day, someone's got to make a decision about now, okay, now why should I choose each company? They both can help me. You know, then it goes back to other, I guess what I'm saying is other kind of messaging tips to help persuade the tiebreaker, so to speak. Now, a lot of it is conversion optimization, you know, awards or, you know, and other kinds of legitimate, you know, the thought leadership. But what's your take on that differentiation, assuming everything else is um, what we uh, just spoke about? Well, I'm going to talk a little right now about i'm pulling this up okay so the first thing that i always advise for example on a website yeah if i'm if i'm helping a company with their top level message that first message has to be something something that evokes emotion it's gonna be and this is the first rule of product messaging right so uh, a great example of this I like to use Core Care. So Core Care is a their tech company. They're focused on long-term care facilities. So think nursing homes, that sort of thing. And in long-term care, it they're focused on long-term care facilities in the United States. And in the United States, how these organizations get paid, it's all managed care. So there there are three types of payers, two of which are really the the most important. You have insurance companies, you have government, the government, and then you have self-payers. For these long-term care facilities, they do the work, they provide the care, and then to get paid, they have to make claims to the insurance company, to the government, to, in order to get reimbursed for the work that they do. Yeah, so, so in long-term care, you have... The billers, the billers in long-term care put claims out to the payers to get paid. It, it makes a little bit of sense, a little bit. But the problem with that is all of these billers, the government, the insurance companies have different portals and people doing manual data entry of all the information that's needed to put these claims through. So if there's even just one discrepancy in data, a claim gets denied. And what that means for the billers is, and for the long-term care facilities, is that they either have to resubmit or they write it off. And in the industry, it is billions of dollars a year that get written off because nobody has the time, nor do they want to spend the money it takes to continually bill, rebill, do this again and again. And when we were talking with core cares customers and listening into prospect calls, you learned they feel like it's a prize fight. I feel like I'm constantly fighting to get paid. So the top of core cares website, corecare.io, you'll see the headline is stop fighting, start getting paid. Hmm. That's compelling. It's compelling to that audience. It's not about the product. 
It's about the audience, but it is about the product. And then the very next line, reduce burnout and collect more cash with CoreCare's single access portal and revenue cycle automation powered by proprietary AI and RPA. Okay, now I immediately yeah. know what it is. Now I immediately know what it is and I'm connecting stop fighting, start getting paid with the technology itself. So that subhead is really important because that has to be above the fold on a website, but equally important is that first, the, those first lines, start, stop fighting, start getting paid. Yeah, it's like the tease. It's like, um, you know, we used to do it in any kind of advertising. Is, um, exactly. I used to say, bring them in with creativity, bring them out with persuasion. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, these days too, it's not just creativity, it has to be clear. Right, right, yeah. We would not have come up with stop fighting, start getting paid if we hadn't engaged with that audience. And really understood the pain. You know, it's kind of like um, little sidebar um, bad Super Bowl ads because they're so creative. Then you say, "What was what was the product?" Oh yeah, or the ones there was one a few years ago. I was just talking about this the other day. There was one a few years ago, which was it started off so strong, but it didn't connect back to the product, or at least didn't connect back to the the product or the brand that everybody knew. It was a Toyota ad. And it was, it started out, you see a baby being born and she has no limbs. And it says odds of being an Olympic medalist or something like that, one in 6 billion, whatever it was. And then you see her life and there's this really emotional music playing. And, and um, you see her life unfolding and she's learning how to walk and she's, you know, she's just, she's getting prosthetics. She's learning how to walk. Then she's falling. She's getting up and, and the number on the screen keeps changing and it gets lower. The odds get lower and lower and lower. And by the end of, of this time, she's at the top of a mountain in Olympic gear and it's like one in 10 and she's going down the mountain, one in eight, one in four. And she gets to the bottom and she is, she is one and it's one in one. And then the, all this stuff comes in and it says, Toyota, start your impossible. Well, wait no. a second. Okay. Wait, wait a second. What? Because, and the idea of it, you know, and they, they, there was a line in there about movement and Toyota does more than just cars, but hell, if I knew that, uh, hell, if anybody knows that when right, you think right. of Toyota, you think of, of vehicles, cars, and trucks, that's Toyota. That's right. Yeah. And so it didn't connect. And so it was, it was a great emotional video. It was a terrible ad. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's. Um, that goes back. I mean, that goes back to the again that first rule of product yeah. messaging. It's not talking about the product. The problem with that ad was they were trying to talk about the product or the brand, but it didn't connect back. It always has to connect back to yes. that core, that essence of your offer. Right, right. Listeners, we're still getting the static. So hang in there. I'm not sure about the microphone, but hang in there. We can still hear them. So I don't know why it's doing that. All right. Here, Paul, let's let's press pause. I'm gonna unhook this and hook it back up. Okay. Okay. Good conversation so far with Zach Messler, ZachMessler.com. That's Z-A-C-H Messler. Good conversation on the essence of messaging and 
driving traffic and leads. And speaking of that, you know, we always talking about, we just spoke about the, uh, the crazy Toyota ad and things like that. And we always, as a creative director and, you know, you always want to be somewhat creative, but it's always a, you want to do a lot of testing. Like I asked about, you know, people buying from people, especially with lead generation, is it okay to be humorous, whimsical, shocking, you know, like all these different creative messages to still get your point across. What are your thoughts about, um, you know, messaging styles from the norm? Well, you want to be different, right? You want to stand out. So uh, yes, to all of that stuff, but you also want it to want to make sure that it matches up. However, you're articulating things matches up with the tone um, of this goes back to brand positioning, the tone of, of what you want to be known for, how you want to be known. Uh, you know, I, uh, different is better than better. Uh, different stands out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's the most important thing with any type of messaging, though, regardless of whether you're funny or whimsical or whatever, is you have to be clear. It's important, so important to be clear with what you're saying, because if you're not clear, you're lost. If someone doesn't understand, especially these days, if somebody doesn't understand what you're trying to say, if they don't understand what you're selling when they're coming to your site or in engaging with you for the first time, then they're gone. So being clear is absolutely the number one most important thing in messaging. What was that again? I didn't know. No, I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, and then as far as being creative or compelling. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as being creative or compelling, being creative isn't usually isn't the issue. It's having the guts. It's having the guts to be different. It's having the guts to put something out there. And especially with messaging, the worst thing that happens is literally nothing. If you put something out there and it doesn't land, nothing happens. People leave, right? They, don't, they, they just tune out. So the worst thing that happens really isn't that bad. And it's so important to just try different things and to see what sticks, take educated guesses and see what sticks. But if you're too afraid to take a particular approach, oh, it's going to hurt our brand if I do this, it's probably not going to hurt your brand. You know, there was years ago when I, you know, I have two kids and I have a good friend from college who had kids before I did and gave me a bunch of life advice at the time. And I was nervous. You know, it was our first kid was being born and I was nervous. And my friend, John is his name. John, John, I asked John for his advice. And he said, you know, Zach, it's, it's kind of like having a cat or a dog where the most, the, the, the worst things you could possibly do, you're, you already know what they are. There are a hundred different ways. Oh, this is what he said. He said, there are a hundred different ways to do anything. And two of them are truly terrible and you should never do them. The good news is you already know what those two are. He said, it's like if you had a cat or a dog, a small dog, and you gave them a bath and you wanted to dry them off, you wouldn't put them in the microwave. You already know that. So don't worry about it. You're, you have your kid's best interests at heart. 
there are lots of different ways to do things. Just, just do it and don't worry. And it's the same sort of thing with messaging. There are lots of different ways to say something. The, the one or two things, the one or two ways that you could say something that could really cause you your brand damage or cause you to lose customers or lose money, you already know what they are. Don't do them. You know, don't tread in those areas. Other than that, the worst thing that happens is literally nothing. Mm. Well, I no, I totally agree. At the end of the day, though, we get, you know, we want to make a deal with a, with a client, right? Sure. Because, of, because no matter how you look at it, I like if I was a buyer, it's all about I'm convinced, even though the style may be a little, you know, not mainstream, maybe, but I trust him the way the approach, the style, the messaging. And, you know, we talk about convincing process again, right? You still got to make the deal. For sure. Yeah. What else about your approach to, um, you know, when you start analyzing, you know, clients and messaging and your foundational work and things like that, do you want to summarize them, you know, a little bit high level of um, your approach? To Oh, sure. Sure. So I, um, like I said earlier, I spent 20 years in product marketing for enterprise tech. I'm not technical at all. And still I was able to learn, explain, sell, teach, really complex technology, complex stuff. And I did that by, by honing everything down to its essence. And today I use this same process, the same process I used to use over my entire career in product marketing. Uh, we answer three questions together. They're big rock crook questions. What is it? What is this thing that we're selling at its core, at its essence, in the most simplest terms? What is it? What does it do? Same thing at its core. What does it do? Usually people focus in on the, the absolute capability. And sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it, sometimes it is the capability, the actual thing that it's doing. Sometimes it's that outcome. What am I getting from it? And then why does it matter? Why does it matter to our target audience? They're simple questions that are not always easy to answer. Uh, the example I like to use, especially on podcasts, is a glass, right? So I have this glass here. Um, you know, I have seltzer in it. I, I, I prefer to do it with whiskey where, you know, I have a glass with whiskey. All right. So let's pretend I have whiskey in this glass. It's a little too early for some whiskey, at least here. You don't have to pretend. It's okay. So, so if I have a glass, what is it? It's a glass. But if, if you don't know what a glass is, I can't say it's a glass. So what is it? It's a cylindrical container made out of glass. This is how simple it has to get. It's a right. cylindrical container made out of glass. What does it do? It holds liquid. Or in this case, we're pretending it holds whiskey. Why does it matter? And I don't have the whiskey bottle here, which would be nice. But, but when you're doing a podcast or shooting a video and you want to take a little drink of something, you know, you can't really grab a bottle of whiskey and just chug it back without doing some little bit of harm to, to your brand. And so you have this glass and you put some whiskey in it. It looks really nice and you're more civilized and nobody really knows what's in that, that glass. So then you just take a sip <laughs> and everything works out the way it should, why it matters. What is it? What does it do? Why does it matter? 
when you work through this, and there's certainly more questions that come up here because we want to dive more into that audience perspective. But when you answer those questions, what you start to do is you're connecting the core, the essence of your offer to the core values, the wants, those needs, those desires of your target audience. Right. So I do that today. I mean, that's, that's how I start working with any company. I do a, a message clarity session. I call it a message clarity workshop. And we answer those three questions together. And it goes right into lead generation and demand generation, right? Um, it, it does. It goes right into lead gen and demand gen because, again, what you say and how you say it is the most important thing in business. And when you answer these questions, you're creating all sorts of messages, right? So you get that that those product messages. That's that core care example that I gave. That started out from a message clarity set work from answering these questions. We got to that stop fighting, start getting paid because that's, that is in the, why does it matter? What's the pain that our audience is facing? Well, they have to fight to just to get the money they rightfully deserve. Oh, okay. Well, how do we, how do we fix that? Well, we do it this way and then you just start getting paid. Oh, there you go. So it applies directly to lead gen and demand gen because any what you say and how you say it is the most important thing in business. Any type of lead gen activity, any type of demand gen program, it relies on what you say and how you say it. It relies on content. It relies on copy. It relies on language and languaging, how you say things. And this is that foundational element for all of that stuff. Right, right. Maybe it's like dating in a way, right? It's it's lead generation, right? You know, you might say, um, so you think you want to go out Saturday night? Or the other A-B test is, um, what do you think, a ballet or a sporting event? You know, like more direct versus one is more like, would you like to? You know what I mean? Like you're already, I don't know, I make that. It reminds me, it reminds me of of like, you think about going out on a date and if you're going out on a first date, right? Before a first date. Now, for me, it's been a long time since I went out on a first date. Uh, but you're going out on a first date. When you're first prepping, before you go out on that date, who's it about? It's about you. You're primping, you're preening. You want to look good. You want to smell good. You want to sound good. Right. You're so used it's to all, selling yourself. It's all about you. But as right. soon as you step out that door, as soon as you meet that other person, who's it about? If you want a second date, who's it about? It's about that other person. It's that's not right. about you anymore. And and that, I mean, that's a great lesson for, for CXOs, for salespeople, for it, it's not about you. It's about your audience. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, show an interest. Um, well, this is good stuff. Um, the final question, I guess, is uh, you do these message clarity workshops and uh uh, describe how that works and oh sure and, and the benefits yeah. yeah so it's uh they're super fun i have a blast on them clients have a blast on them so it starts out with a quick survey so when you sign up for a message clarity session you you get a quick survey that's going to ask you a, a little more uh detail about who you're serving about what you're looking you know what you're looking to get out of it that sort of thing and then 
we start out, I'll start out, I'll, I'll ask some, some clarifying questions to what you've provided. And then the first thing that I will say to you is, okay, Paul, this thing that you're selling, tell me, what is it? And we just dive in and we start answering these questions together. What it is and what it does is largely a collaboration. Uh, why it matters is I'm taking everything in that we have learned over the first couple hours and I'm creating a narrative. Uh, and you know, we're, I'm, I'm writing this as, as we go on the session. We stop, you're giving ideas, we're providing feedback in real time. By the end, what we have is we have a, a, a narrative. We have a starting point. We have something that you can take and use immediately uh, alone in an about section, in pitches, uh, telling your story. You can take snippets from this document and use it on the website, in social media, in content, all over the place. It is building foundational elements of messaging so you can take it and then build from it. And what I like to say to, well, not like to say, I often say to clients is this is a starting point. Messaging is iterative and it is always living. There is never a final, ever. There's never a final. You yeah. test something, you put right. it out there, and you it's it's kind of like it's kind of like basketball, right? So in one-on-one -on -one basketball. So I'm a big dude. I'm six four. These days I weigh a little more than I probably should, but I'm six four, two fifty, right? One-on-one, -on -one, I'm terrible at basketball, but one-on-one -on -one basketball, I am great because I have one move and almost no one can stop it. And that's why I'm so terrible at basketball because I do the same move again and again and again and again and again until drive someone around, stops. Drive around the small guy and just do a layup, right? Pretty much. And, and <laughs> until someone can stop me. And then when they stop me, I have to try something else. It's the same thing in messaging. Once you find something that works, use it. You use it. And at some yeah. point it may not work anymore. And so you have to be ready to change. And that's why it's so important to continually engage with your audience. Even if you're not selling, it's important to continually engage with your audience because people change. And people have different hot buttons too. It sounds like, um, you know, almost like the summary, you know, that's important to everybody. Like what other lessons would you give? For the final question here is to a CEO who might be listening. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, the number one thing, it goes back to what we were saying before, flip the message. It's not about you. It's about your target audience. If you understand the once those needs, those desires, if you engage with your audience and you, you know the nuances, you know their language, flip the message. You make it about them, not about you. It is about you, but it's not. Well, I appreciate, it. you know, a little sidebar here, salespeople, right? They're trying to sell, whether it's outbound or whatever. And you know, at the end of the day, I tell people, you know, proposals, whatever, someone's going to look at the website and do a final convincing, you know, decision, right? So don't think at the salespeople, okay, it's my turn now. It still goes back to one more look at the messaging on the website for final validation. Oh, sure. And you have to think about it. It's, it's good to understand how decisions are made, right? It's just basic neuroscience, how people make decisions. And still, 
way too many people believe that we make decisions logically and we do not. We validate our decisions logically. We make our decisions based on emotion. And it's almost always that gut initial feel. Is this, is this a friendly? Is this not? Is this good? Is this bad? It's that whole, that whole concept of the lizard brain, right? It's, it's is this a, a pleasure? Is this a pain? And, and then, then it's looking more into the limbic brain is the emotion of it. Right? Does this make me feel good? Does this make me not feel good? The interesting thing about that part of the brain is there's no capacity for language here. This is just that gut feel. And then, and then you get into the logical part of the brain where that's facts. That's the last piece of it that comes in. That's the facts. But that is all you're looking for facts to validate your initial opinion. And, and that's why it's so hard once somebody has an opinion or not even an opinion, once they get so fortified, it becomes a belief. That's, it's impossible to change someone's mind. And that's why that emotion is so important on that front end. Stop fighting, start getting paid. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, Zach Bester, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, Paul. And a great. great conversation. And, you know, I tell the audience, you know, we've spoken about this before is no matter how you look at lead generation and revenue growth and scaling, um, it starts off with how compelling your message is and how you promote to the audience's needs and strategically, tactfully. Um, it's important. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> so, the most important thing in business. That's for sure. All right. Uh, thanks for listening and stay tuned for another podcast down the road. Thanks all. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince. Thanks for